Shall we read a poem from A Light in the Attic? Hello, all, and welcome to Shall We Read a Poem? I'm Russ. And I'm back. I'm Lauren. Thank God you're back. Jesus Christ. I'm sure all of our many, many listeners were waiting at my return. At least two dozen of them were yelling at me directly. What? (laughs) They're like, Russ, who let you out? Get back in the basement. (laughs) I'm sure we're flooded with emails complaining. Where those mongoloids go. Can can, can we still say mongoloid? That's probably Uh, not PC anymore. Probably not. um, Yeah. I said midget the other day and someone yelled at me. Huh. Like, how is little person better than midget? Well, I don't know the history behind the word, but it's. I do know the history behind mongoloid. It's like the NAACP. What does that stand for? And they haven't changed that. No, but they say Negro rather than the equivalent, which no, is no, no. Negroid, I think. NAACP. Yeah. National Association for the Advancement of Colored People. Oh, colored people. Is what that stands for. Yeah. To this day, it is 2023, and they still call themselves that. Yeah. Man, I better edit the shit out of that. That's going to be problematic. Or, yeah, maybe we should just skip this whole part and try again. Hey, you white guy with the shaved head, you're not sending any mixed messages, are (laughs) you? Hey, I just got a business loan so I could open up the Country Corner Cafe. Ah, shit, I should spell that differently. Somebody showed me a uh, license plate uh, that started with KKX, and from far away, it really looks like KKK. There's a business here called, I'm sure it's pronounced like Nutley Soils, but it's spelled K-N-U-T, and it's like, I cannot drive past that without misreading that every time. I'm (laughs) like, oh, we need some some dirt from Cunty Soils. Ah, shit, that's not what that is. (laughs) I was uh, driving around Frederick, and there was this one window with an ad in it and there was a glare on it just right that every time i drove by it and it happened multiple times i kept reading instant scalp removal <laughs> i believe was it, it like... was instant scalp renewal but oh i was thinking it was like a keloid scar play like instant scar removal or no, something like that it was instant scalp something and it, to me it always looked like removal but uh, i think it was renewal well, speaking of oppressed peoples and First Nations, uh, historically, they can sort you out with that. Oh, God, Russ. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. I mean, not undeservedly so. We we took their land. They took our scalps. That seems like a fair trade. I don't know. I think most people would rather the land. Well, I guess most they're dead if they're taking your land. scalp. So how's the land of Mary? You know... I kind of I decided that I really like sixty percent humidity. That's probably like the perfect level of humidity for me. <laughs> so you're a fern, is what I'm hearing. <laughs> yes, yes. So is your is your room now filled with humidifiers, the old kind from the '60s that just blast straight water into the air? Yeah, it just gives you a whole bunch of legionnaires. Yeah, the, oh, weren't those the best? Though they sold those like it was a normal thing. My grandmother had four. Yeah. Well, the other, uh, I had the other type when I was a kid, the one that boiled it. Those things were noisy. Oh, man, that sounds great. Wow, I they mean, boiled water and then ejected. It's like just being in like a shower the whole time. That yeah. sounds amazing. Yeah, well, it, I, I assume my parents like were like, we are not giving our child legionnaires. 
We're using the boiling type. She'll just scald her if she gets too close. Who likes infaliary? <laughs> Bringing back Russ's favorite microbe. You'll have to refresh me on that one. Oh, it's the brain-eating one. The oh, one the that goes amoeba. Up your nose the brain and, amoeba. Yeah. I don't think, but Which, those don't get projected into the air. I'm pretty sure they don't think. No, but what? But what I've read recently is that that microbe might tie into some suspected cases of legionnaires. Oh, interesting. Where like it didn't go quite far enough up to eat your brain. You just got a lot of them, and you got super sick. Oh, weird. Oh, I had no idea. That's very interesting. It's not definitive yet, but the the other day I read an article. They're like, you know, this might play a bigger role in humanity than we think it does. Whoa. Because if you have water vapor that has fucking amoebas living in it, and you just shoot that into the air, well, I mean, you might not get it on your goddamn brainstem, but... Legionnaires is interesting because it's one of those diseases that uh, you that becomes airborne uh, through droplets, but you can't really transmit it to yeah. other people. So even though it's in, like, you're getting it from the air, breathing is some not going to give it to somebody. And that's why we can never call anything the Legionnaires Hotel again. Damn. Is that how it got its name? Yeah, well, it was the Legionnaires Convention. Uh, I just figured it was uh, somebody's last name. I think it was, a, it was a Legionnaires Convention. And I think it was at... Uh, it, it was at some... Yeah, okay, here we go. Uh, 1976 American Legion Convention in Philadelphia. Oh, it's not a name. The Bellevue Stratford. I was hoping I could like call it Hilt, like you know, the Motel Six Legionnaires Disease. But no, it's just a just some hoity-toity hotel. I'm, I might be changing the poem I'm reading. Oh, are we going to talk about brain amoebas? Well, or have I just go, gone so far off the rails as I usually do? All right. Well, since we're on the subject of Legionnaire and airborne illnesses, let's talk about Strange Wind. It's not a fart. Ah, love low-hanging fruit. What a strange wind it was today, whistling and whirling and scurling away, like a worried old woman with so much to say. What a strange wind it was today. What a strange wind it was today, cool and clear from a sky so gray, and my hat stayed on, but my head blew away. What a strange wind it was today. And it is a picture of a person in a suit. Maybe it is what they call a three-piece suit. with, And their tie is sort of whisking away from it. But, you know, it's tied on. It's a tie. And then there's a floating hat. And the person's arms are out like, oh my gosh, what just happened? What a good eye you have. Yes, that is a three-piece suit. I'm glad you could confirm. I wasn't sure. It has a vest. It's a three-piece suit. That's what I thought, but I had never confirmed. Well, so does this relate to your trip to Maryland, or is it just because we like microbes are cool? It's really just because we started talking about Legionnaires' disease, and I was like, "Well, we <laughs> talked for quite a while about Legionnaires' disease, so airborne well, illnesses, I guess." Going. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but infaliary isn't like it, you, we've already got deaths this year. We've yeah. already got people, like, fucking inhaling pond water, which I guess is what the cool kids do now. Man, I cannot wait for the fucking TikTok challenge where it snort pond water. I uh, grew up with a lake outside my house, and uh, by lake, I mean a dammed up 
river that is trying so very desperately to become a well it was actually used to be called a a creek it was its official name not Um, a creek a creek a creek um and it got dammed up and now it's a lake but it's a very strange long skinny lake because it's just a river that has been that can't get out but it tries so very desperately to become a river all the time it like dumps all sorts of sludge and they have to dredge the lake like every couple of years because it gets really shallow and the bottom of the lake just like is really nasty and sticky and if you put your toes in it for too long your toenails turn yellow that sounds so healthy yeah well anaerobic decomposition it's weird have you have you ever walked through a mall or like a tourist promenade area where they have those little booths where you can put your feet in the tanks and the little fish will eat the skin off your feet. Yeah, I think I did that in Thailand. And also, I've been in many places where I put my feet in water and without paying anybody and fish just came and started nibbling the skin off my feet. I'm like, well, I, they pay for this in some places. Yeah, your childhood lake is that, but with invasive fungus instead of cute little fishies. I mean, it's anaerobic decomposition. I don't think there's a whole lot of fungus going on. The the best kind of decomposition, the kind that once if it gets in your skin creates gas gangrene. I mean, remember when I said I used to ice skate on the lake, but there were methane bubbles. Oh, that's uh, all of this checks out. Yeah. Uh, in any case, if a Falieri miracle, you have grown to adulthood. <laughs> uh, I used to get all sorts of water up my nose when I was a kid swimming in this lake, and. I'm pretty sure if a Falieri was as widespread back then as it was today, I may have ended up with brain amoebas. Yeah, apparently you have to get it so fucking deep, man. I look at the people, like, how many people just swim in lakes like it's a normal thing to do, and how many of them don't dive in Falieri, and Jesus Christ, like, even, I don't even play roulette because the odds are too strange, and it's like, hey, if you swim in this lake, you have a one in a million chance of getting a Something that will literally eat your brain. It's not the ravages of time. It's a hungry organism. Damn. No one should ever swim again. When I also, when I was a kid, they, they would teach, they were trying to teach me how to dive and they would be like, oh, it's bad form to hold your nose when you dive. But I'm pretty sure that people diving or jumping in from really high surfaces is how they get it really far up there. Yeah. You should yeah, definitely. You know it is. You should definitely hold your nose if you're jumping off somewhere high. You have the people who are like trained to, like cliff divers and things that they know to like blow out at the right time. Yeah, and like I t- pressurize everything in there. I tried doing that when I was a kid, and I was able to do it at very close to the water levels. I could do it no problem. But once I got more than like six feet high, it was like, nope, I cannot keep the air out. Oh, isn't sorry. I meant I cannot best. keep the I cannot keep the water out. The air is fine. <laughs> <laughs> I hear this stuff is real. Hmm. I could Google it right this moment. In fact, I probably will after I make this statement. But I've heard that that oxygenated fluid, like they have in Evangelion, is a real stuff. Yes, it is. Okay, fuck. Why do I not own this? Uh. Well, they only really employ it for, I think you have to be under a certain amount of pressure before it's effective, because they only give it to people who are going down extremely deep. You see them using it in, uh, what's that 
What's that movie? The Abyss. The Abyss, yes. Yeah, but I hear they didn't actually do it. Like, no. the, like, like, the, like the one who you see, his helmet fill up with it is Ed Harris. And from everything I've read, he didn't actually breathe the stuff. No, of course not. I don't know if you can well, actually... Well, no, but, but why not if you can breathe it? I d- see, I think it's possible you have to be at a certain pressure before it works. Well, from everything I've read about that production, like, they probably fucking were. The most so promising might... area for the use of liquid ventilation is in the field of pediatric medicine. The oh, first medical use of liquid breathing was treatment of premature babies, which makes a lot of sense. Yes. Uh, and adults with acute respiratory distress syndrome in the 90s. Liquid breathing was used in clinical trials after the development by Alliance Pharmaceuticals of the flora chemical. Wow, that's a lot of interesting words. Hmm. I know that gases in your blood uh, dissolve and come out of uh, solution at different pressures. So that's why I was thinking maybe you have to be at a higher pressure for it to work. But it sounds like no. Hmm. I mean, I'm all for putting newborn babies in, di- in diving bells. That's right up my alley as far as science goes. <laughs> what's this, what's this going to prove, Russ? Well, I don't know, but it's not going to prove. <laughs> science, we're all about coulda, not about shoulda. <laughs> I'm looking something up real quick. Have you ever heard of the Santa Ana winds? So, I am from Texas. And so the Santa Ana winds... General Santa Ana was the commander of the Mexican forces during the War of Texas Independence. And so the Santa Ana winds to me sounds like a very derogatory term that a Texan would call a Mexican. Well, it's about actual wind and it's winds that are considered very distrustful and perhaps evil. They are winds that... uh, are extremely dry and hot. Oh. And they're, it's, it's, they're an autumn time wind. All right. Where would I find the Santa oh, Ana winds? In Southern California. Oh. But they come from the deserts. Can they form those fire tornadoes? Uh, maybe. Let's find out what we can learn. <laughs> I've, I've experienced the Santa Ana winds before. They are very hot and dry. It's very unpleasant. I feel like this is like Mad Max territory, where in 50 years, we'll just they won't be the Santa Ana winds anymore. They'll just be the winds. It, they do tend to cause fires. <laughs> Hot, dry in Southern California. Yeah, it's about 450 degrees in uh, lower Los Angeles. Gust of lead down sunset. You'd all be well advised to get the fuck out. Ooh, guess what they also do? This is right up our, uh, right up our alley do for the topic today. Do they transmit in Falieri? Uh, no. Holy but... shit, Infalieri is now airborne and contagious. No, but guess what oh. they do transmit? AIDS. Well, Valley Fever, close enough. Oh, okay. <laughs> what is Valley Fever? I don't even know what this is. It's a fungus. <gasps> Another fucking fungus. Awesome. Yeah, possum. it's a lung fungus. The best kind. Valley Fever. It's coccidioides. Coccidioides, yes. Coccidioides. Coccidioides. I just looked up the pronunciation on the Mayo Clinic. Coccidioides, yes. Coccidioides. Yeah. Oh, man. Oh, what a shame. Fever, cough, and tiredness. So how I live (laughs) my life. Well, it can also cause uh, skin ulcers, abscesses, bone lesions, joint pain, heart inflammation, urinary tract <laughs> problems, meningitis, and death. 
Bone lesions. I love taking two words that should never go together and just slapping them together and making it a medical condition where it's like, what happens with it? Oh, you get toe frogs. That's a big old problem with the, with the, what were these things? Valley fever from the Santa Ana winds. We sound like we're talking about witchcraft. We might as well be wearing like oil cloth and putting those plague doctor noses over our fucking faces. Well, we chose this topic today. No, it's great, though. I mean, and, and the worst part is the plague doctor masks stuffed with flowers would be a viable treatment against the valley fever caused by the Santa Ana winds. Well, that's the magic about the plague mask is that any mask would have been kind of somewhat effective against getting the plague. Next, you're going to tell me that like burning sage and <laughs> crystals are a normal thing. I thought my skepticism was well-founded. And what I'm hearing now is that homeopathy's probably onto something. Like what? if I take one drop of deadly nightshade and put it in a, you know, keg full of beer, then that's definitely going to, you know, cure pneumonia. Wait, hold on. You don't you do know about what nightshade is used for, right? Yeah. Poisoning Caesar. Hold on. I completely just made up a homeopathic treatment. That's not a real thing. But homeopathy's all about taking toxic chemicals and putting them in huge amounts of water and you know saying that somehow distributes their properties throughout the yeah you can't overdose on homeopathy but you can drown i think that's a daro brian so nightshade is actually used for some process and for some reason i thought it had something to do with fermenting but maybe it's actually used to like curdle stuff uh, let's see. I can tell you with certainty that Nightshade was used to uh, murder the Emperor Augustus back in good old Rome. Yeah, they took him out with some Nightshade. <laughs> we are back with a fucking vengeance. I knew it would be great when you came back. We could just like... Lauren, it's for this does not transmit through the medium of podcasting, but Lauren is reading like she's studying, like she's about to pass the bar. No, I know Nightshade was used for something. And for some reason, when I said brewing beer, I'm like, wasn't it used for something that was firm, uh, that involved fermentation? And I'm trying to figure that out. I mean, I'm sure the Soviet Union used it during the good old days. They'd probably put a bunch of it on the end of an umbrella and stab a spy in the thigh <laughs> with it. You know, it's then not actually that poisonous. To, like, radon. Huh? It's not actually that poisonous. Yeah, well, neither is uranium until you eat a whole lot of it. They don't call it deadly nightshade for no reason. Yeah, if you get a lot of it. Enough to kill Augustus. I don't even Augustus know how they did that. You would soul. have to eat a lot of nightshade. Let's find out how they did it. Let's, let's learn about how they, how they finished off Augustus. In the first century AD, it was used as an anesthetic for treatment of pain or sleeplessness. Given prior to surgery or cautery. That's a great word we don't use that much anymore. The use of nightshade preparations for anesthesia, often in combination with opium. Fuck, man, they knew how to put you to sleep back in the day. Persisted throughout the Roman and Islamic empires and continued in Europe until superseded in the 19th century by modern anesthetics. They used nightshade to put your ass to sleep until the civil goddamn war. The use of deadly nightshades as a poison was known in ancient Rome, as attested by the rumor that the Roman empress Livia Drusilla used the juice of belladonna berries to murder her husband, the Emperor Augustus. So if it can put you to sleep, you know it can finish you off. Yeah, but you think you have to consume quite a bit of it, and it sounds like well, she was using some kind of concentrated juice. Well, maybe she had lots of time and a nice distiller on her hands. 
Hey, Augustus, you know how you don't like to drink three bottles of wine a night? Well, here you go. And then he did. And he went to sleep. History's I... fucking awesome. How was I never a history teacher? History was Everything my favorite subject in high school. the funniest goddamn thing. I did not have skilled history History's only funny until... because humans are funny. I know, but I didn't have good history teachers until I was in high school. And it's like, oh, you know, the Civil War, that was quite a bummer, eh? And yeah. like for ages and ages, I learned that like the Alamo was it some titanic struggle of good versus evil where the plucky Texans were holding off the Mexican army. And then I became an Speaking adult. Speaking of Santa Ana. Yeah, and I became an adult and realized that it was a nothing outpost in the middle of nothing, and neither side had any ammunition at all. And so they just put, took pot shots at each other for a few days until the Mexicans were like, you know they don't have bullets and we just walk in there, right? And that's what happened. <laughs> it was just good propaganda, remember it the Alamo. It was great propaganda, and that's all it was. Yeah. Well, do you have any uplifting thoughts for our listeners? I'm so happy to be back in Portland. Mm. And Minerva's very happy about it, too. She's been very cuddly and clingy. Yeah. And my garden is a little bit overgrown, but there are zucchini. And I thought I planted three zucchini plants, but one of them is growing something that is strange and kind of ball-shaped. It is pale green and ball-shaped. So it is some kind of uh, bastardized hybrid. I cannot wait for next week's update when Lauren tells us about the taste of the testicle squash. Well, if you taste the squash and it's bitter, it means it's poisonous. But if it's not bitter, you can eat it. Isn't it too late at that point? I don't think you understand poison in plants. Oh, I think I understand it much better than you do. You're a big fan of shitting yourself inside out, and I am not. (laughs) Most plants require you to eat a fair amount before they're particularly (laughs) bad for you. And also, if they're particularly poisonous, they usually taste really bad. I don't call you Lorange for no reason. (laughs) I know, I ate the lager fruit. (laughs) 